Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Podcast. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I am your host. Thank y'all for joining us once again. We're uh, chugging right along. We've been kind of busy running around doing ham radio stuff and uh, just having a ball. Uh, first up, we're going to go ahead and dispense with feedback this time around because uh, we've got so much of it. The uh, the refurbished website is really doing well. We're getting a lot of feedback on uh, things that are being posted over there, videos, uh, episodes of the podcast. We're, it's really, really kicking. <laughs> really kicking at this time. So uh, we've made the decision to go ahead and uh, do an, uh, another all-feedback episode because we do have so much of it, and I really didn't want to put y'all to sleep. Uh, other things that are going on, uh, we've had an update come through for the website for the do- donation can. So, no, we haven't zeroed the donation can uh, over on the website. It has just uh, well, it zeroed itself when it updated. So... Uh, those funds are, are still accumulating for server fees and stuff like that. Y'all go on over and uh, help us out. It's like I always say, if any episode of this podcast has been helpful for you, uh, it should be worth a dollar. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm looking at gas prices and looking at the price of sodas and stuff like that, uh, you really, there's not a whole lot you can get for a dollar. And we're currently at 52 episodes, and surely, surely a couple of them have done y'all some good. Otherwise, y'all wouldn't still be listening. So what else is going on? Um, Not a whole heck of a lot. We do encourage y'all to go over to the website because we're doing our best to get uh, some sort of article out every week. Um, I'm working on getting some videos done to help y'all out with some of the stuff that we not only talk about over here, but we also talk about over on the other, uh, show, uh, for those of y'all who are not familiar with the other show, the other show is Linux in the ham shack. Uh, I have a wonderful, wonderful guy I do that show with y'all go on over and check that out. It's at, uh, lhspodcast.info lhspodcast.info as far as the resonant frequency website y'all can go check it out over at rfpodcast.info rfpodcast.info um you know go over look around read some of the articles check out what richard has to say you know uh 
Aria, the Aria podcast site, that's uh, my own deal. So it's my opinions and thoughts and observations and everything else. We're like I said, it's really kicking over there. We're we're up around eight thousand hits a month, so uh, uh, it's definitely uh, going and continuing to grow. But we need to do the business, as we said before. The donation can y'all go over. Uh, the only thing we've got going in the donation can is trying to cover server fees at this time. Every penny that's donated to Resonant Frequency. It goes straight back into production of the show. So uh, y'all go go there and think about, at the very least, uh, dropping something in there. Or uh, we also have a couple of things on our site, Amazon.com. We've had a pretty long, pretty long relationship with Amazon. Anything, if you click through from one of the links on our site at Amazon and go to Amazon, and any purchase you make, we get a little piece of it. So that also goes back into keeping the show up and going and running and everything else. And for those of you that are planning on doing a website, getting a domain name or anything like that, we also, back at the first of the year, partnered with uh, GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy.com. I haven't yet received any discount codes for GoDaddy, but you'd be surprised how reasonable a lot of their stuff is. And even if you're a first-time uh, guy uh, putting up a website, uh, they have lots of tools over there to help you out with that. We also get a little bit of that if you click through from our website. So uh, consider one of those three things to, to help out the show. So since the last time we talked, let's see, Mesquite Rodeo Parade went off without a hitch. Uh, once again, it's going to be a biggie next year. Um, we spent some time down there. I was going to try and shoot some video of, uh, one of the little communication center that gets brought out every year for that and really did not have the time. Um, I'll catch up with Rick later and we'll, we'll see what we can do about getting some pictures or some video or something. Uh, one of the things that we've added to our repertoire over here is we have a small handheld video camera which is not the highest quality however it'll be good enough for at least showing y'all some of the stuff that's going on around the area here uh what else has been going on nets uh skywarn there's been uh we're in that time of year here where uh skywarn gets called out quite often and since uh couple years back when we got blindsided, the uh, county just to the west of us panics every time there's a storm. We are starting to get called up quite regular at this point. So uh, that's pretty much what's going on around here. Uh, we're looking at a lot of things coming up, and I haven't had a chance to read some of the newsletters that some of the local clubs are sending now. But uh, I'm sure there's things going on with them. I'll try and get that into an episode pretty quick. All right. So uh, with all that, it's kind of it's kind of weird not having any feedback uh, or doing a non uh, episode with no feedback. I know I've done them before, but that doesn't make them any less weird. Anyway, we're going to get on to uh, part two of our mobile installation series 
And this time we're going to talk about getting the power from uh, where you keep it to where you use it. So y'all hang in there and we'll be back in just a few minutes. in the sea, and I believe to my soul, there's another fish for me, well go on darling, ain't gonna beg you to stay, well I sure love to keep you, but there just ain't no way, Whoa-ho! gonna leave you alone now if you miss one word, well another come along Okay, everybody, uh, this is part two of our mobile installation series, and we're going to talk a few minutes about, uh, getting power from your, uh, power supply to your radios. Now there's going to be a lot of people out there, double talk you and everything else. They've been a ham radio operator for a while and, uh, they're going to try and make you think that they're the smartest person that ever happened. They know everything about it. But the plain and simple is you want to get the power from one place to the other. And you don't want to overtax your uh, your power leads in the process. So in most cases, well, let's start this way. Wire gauge, uh, 
the the numbers used for wire gauge decrease as the wire gets bigger in diameter bigger in diameter so it's like a number 10 gauge wire is bigger around than a 12 gauge wire now this probably sounds pretty simple but there are probably a few folks out there that don't know this now it's common to see speaker wires in cars that are uh, 18 24 gauge little bitty tiny wires um lamp cord or zip cord like as we refer to it that's not very big around itself but i've seen people hook radios up with that stuff i've seen people hook radios up with uh speaker wire for their car but the the whole point is the biggest possible conductor you can get to run from your location or from your power to your radio is going to be better ideally uh, a 10 gauge wire if you're going to do a full-blown uh, mobile station in your vehicle uh <laughs> you can't hardly do better than that uh before we go any further a word on solid core wire solid core wire uh, you don't want to use that. It's kind of rigid. Um, any kind of mechanical torquing or or anything else uh, can cause it to fatigue. Uh, you start getting bad spots in it, and it's just really not a good idea. So you probably want to stay with some type of stranded wire. Now, the things I've been reading out on the Internet, there are wire guides at different websites and stuff like that that uh, they say anything from 16 gauge up to 10 gauge wire well the point is you have to kind of figure out what kind of power you're going to draw down it how far it's going to run like in my case it is the run is about six to seven feet and it is possible even though very unlikely that I could pull 12 to 13 amps down that run at a given time. Now I would have to have everything keyed up at full power to make that happen. But I went ahead and considered that when I put the installation in. So what I decided to do was go with number 12, 12 gauge wire. Now, 12-gauge wire, a little bit difficult to work with, and even in stranded is kind of kind of difficult to get around the corners and stuff. However, it will give me the ability to pull that electricity down that line for them radios. Now, one of the things we need to worry about is if you get undersized, undersized wire from going to your radio, well, let's do this. All conductors have resistance and the resistance means that they're not going to want to let the electrons flow now that energy tends to be dissipated in heat and, and a magnetic field so we want to do the best we can not to have as much to have le the least amount of resistance possible and we can do that by having bigger diameter wires larger gauge wires now, it I mean, if you're just running uh, your two-meter rig, you, the only thing you do out of your vehicle is races or uh, chatting when you're driving back forth to work, something like that, 
smaller gauge wire will work also, but uh, you kind of want to make sure that you're not drawing more power than you can supply efficiently. And one of the ways that, uh, one of the things that I hear a lot is that when you, uh, when you end up having a voltage drop and for you new guys, voltage drop is simply the difference in voltage from the power supply to where the, where the lead hooks into the radio and you don't always have it. You may not see a noticeable voltage drop over your run, but sometimes it can be quite pronounced. Basically, if you had 12 volts at the battery, you went down to the other end of the power lead and you had 11 volts, that would be the voltage drop. Now, because of this, some radios end up getting underpowered and you hear it a lot. And it normally, in most cases with most radios, sounds kind of like a, well, for lack of a better term, motorboat, but, 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 but kind of thing. And, you know, I hear this a lot. And in fact, even in the truck that I'm running in now, if I sit there and operate the radio, the, uh, the, uh, VHF radio on high power while I'm sitting there with the vehicle turned off, the engine is not running and I do it for a while. When the uh, top part of that charge on that battery starts to drop off, it starts to make that sound. And there's a lot of guys here locally that run around with that noise on the radio. And when you tell them, they're, they're like, oh, well, it does that all the time. But it uh, it's a definite characteristic of uh, drawing more power than uh, your, feed, your power, li- power feed will allow. And the only place this concerns me, and I haven't really dug into it, but... It's my understanding that if your radio draws more power than you can supply to it, it can damage your equipment. I will have to, and I'm sure some of you guys will send in feedback to straighten me out on that if I'm mistaken. So we're trying to get this power down through there. And please, y'all, don't don't hook up some wire under the dash. Don't plug, try and plug something into the fuse box. You know, even these power outlets, unless you're uh, doing uh, a temporary thing like moving to a vehicle for a public service event or something like that, don't plug a 50-watt radio into a cigarette lighter plug or one of these little power adapter plugs because it's not going to serve you over the long term. Now we've got we've de- we decided on our cable gauge. Like... I said before, I use number 12 in my installation, but I'm running a 100-watt HF rig and a 65-watt dual-band radio just so that I can make sure I have enough power coming down that wire uh, to run everything if I need it. Figure out what's going to work best for you. You all learn the same formulas the rest of us did. You can figure out how much amperage you're going to be pulling down that line. In the case of most vehicles, you're going to be uh, go running anywhere from 12 volts to 15 volts on a uh, average alternator, which your radios will take that, 
And in fact, most radios operate perfectly fine down to almost 11 volts. So now we need to run the lead. Hook on to wherever you've decided to hook up your power. We suggested in the last episode that you hook up directly to your car battery, which my opinion is, and I've had the least amount of problems that way, that is probably the best way to go. Find the places where you can run this cable in your engine compartment. You have lots of wire harnesses and stuff like that, which have uh, uh, fasteners of one type or another to keep the wires up off of the engine itself. Utilize those whenever possible because they're normally in really good places. If you have to fasten these this power line down in other locations to make sure that you don't get too close to the engine block, too much heating, uh, lose your insulation, stuff like that, then go ahead and get you some wire ties, some zip ties. Uh, there are Velcro fasteners that do the same job. Uh, I've even in the past secured wires with, uh, bread ties. Uh, there are always ways to fasten this stuff down electrical tape, which I've seen done. Uh, it's good for a temporary fix, but for some sort of long-term, uh, fastening that power line in place, it's not really a great idea. So now you run your power cable around the engine compartment. You're ready to run it into the passenger compartment. All vehicles made today have feed through holes that are cut in the firewall underneath. And even in the case of something like my truck, there's uh, feed throughs on the back of the cab closest to the bed. All these uh, places are easy enough to find because of these wire harnesses running in and out and cables for uh, accelerators and stuff like that. And you can utilize those to run your cable through. There are some places where you'll have a solid, uh, solid plug in them, which are made out of rubber, and you can poke a hole in it. But you always want to make sure you seal up around these plugs so you don't end up with water in your passenger compartment. In the case that you may have to drill to get your power to come through where uh, you want it to, you want to make sure that you clean the edges of that hole off really good. Where possible, find some rubber, find a rubber grommet to put in there. Uh, you really don't want to scrape the insulation off of your power cable and have it touch up against the metal of your car. Now, I understand that we all make jokes about cars being all plastic nowadays, but chances are wherever you run that power cable through is going to be good solid metal. So take into account you don't want it grounding out. Other ways to get into the, into the passenger compartment? Well, look around because most fenders on cars nowadays are, are hollow and they have cutouts in them. It's one of the ways that they eliminate some of the weight. And in the case of something like the vehicle I'm working with, my truck, uh, you can actually run cabling down through those fenders and in around the door on your vehicle. Or in the case of my truck, at one point I was considering running it down the fender 
almost to uh, the door and then poking a hole through where the kick plate is right next to the bottom of the door and running the power through there and behind the pla- the uh, plastic kick plate and up and around. You know, that eliminates some of the some of the issues and the metal is not as thick there as it is in your firewall. But this brings up another point. Um, even if you do do something like that, anytime your power cable is up against anything, you probably want to take something and beef that up a little bit. Now, in a lot of cases, you can buy this uh, conduit stuff, plastic, tubular, split conduit stuff that uh, you can run your cables down through, and that will help. You can also wrap a couple layers of electrical tape around it where it goes past these places where it might uh, wear. And once again, rub the insulation off. You know, I knew one guy, and this really doesn't have to do with power wires, but I knew one guy that uh, ran an antenna and he uh, drilled his own holes, ran the cable, pulled the cable, put a connector on it and everything else got it hooked up and drove around for over a year and could not figure out why if he got more than a few miles from the repeater, he could not hit it on high power. And when we finally decided to go and take a look at what was going on with it, it turns out that when he installed the cable and pulled it through, he stripped the jacket of the coax back about a foot. And that foot of stripped back jacket was leaning up against the metal inside his fender. So since he didn't check it with an SWR meter, uh, antenna analyzer or anything else, he didn't know this. Once we pulled it back, we wrapped it with some tape it started working just like it was supposed to. So you, wear is an issue, and you need to need to be aware of that. And keep an eye on it. So now you're all the way in the into the passenger's compartment. You can fasten these power leads together. Now on most modern VHF and UHF radios, it's getting to the point that the uh, power cables are becoming pretty much standard, and far as standard it's like uh, i have an icom radio here that sits on the uh, sits on the desk one that goes in the in the truck i have a couple of kenwood radios and even a, a yezu or two that i'm testing to maybe put in service and they all have the same connection connector on the power cable which is that uh blade connector with the two perpendicular blades. Y'all may know what I'm talking about, but that's become pretty much standard on the VHF UHF radios. As far as HF radios, those are becoming pretty much standard too. And whereas in the past, you kind of had to worry about the polarization on them. You have that big, I think it's a, a nine pin connector on the back of most radios you would use in mobile operation. And they, it's getting to the point they're all polarized the same. 
Negatives on the same side, positives on the same side. So you're in there and you want to go ahead and hook up. So you can either use a standard connector like, uh, I don't know, Jones plug, uh, Molex connectors, Anderson power poles, you know, and hook that, take those and put them on the power cable for the radio, the power lead coming in from the engine compartment and hook them together that way. There are other people that prefer to solder these leads together and then put uh, shrink wrap or uh, electrical tape around it. Some people are a little less industrious and use things like wire nuts or other types of connectors. And there's lots of different ways to hook it up. In my case, I have uh, the standard... I have a standard HF power cable and a standard VHF UHF power cable soldered to my number 12 gauge wire. If everything goes correctly, if I don't allow that cable to overheat, if I don't pull too much power down that cable, if I have it secured so it doesn't rub against anything, all this stuff, then it will serve me well for a long time. A couple of other things I need to consider is connection at the battery, which in my case, I was able to find some lugs that were the right size for me to take the screw out of the battery cable clamp, stick it through the lug, and then screw it back down to the battery cable clamp to make a good solid connection. Uh, in this case, I soldered them on. Well, crimped them, then soldered them. Uh, you can crimp them. You can get some working back and forth, which will loosen them up. Uh, anytime you add a connector in a wire, you create a little bit of a discontinuity, which can cause resistance, that kind of stuff. Uh, these are things you might want to look out for. It doesn't hurt to have a, have a volt ohm meter and a basic knowledge of how to use it when you're doing something like this. Surely you can find a good way to hook it up. Something else I really want to stress, and we're running a little long on this segment, but I guess it's okay. I want to make sure that that, line, that feed line is fused. I mean, you don't want to destroy a two, three, four hundred $400 radio when uh, a fuse that would have cost you a few cents could have saved it. Make sure you fuse this line. Because as we spoke to, spoke of a little earlier, it's possible these lines could rub, get the insulation off of them, short out. And not only do you want to lose a piece of equipment, I, re, I myself really don't want to end an HF contact with, well, thank you for the cue, so it's been nice talking to you. I need to run. There's flames issuing from under my hood. That would be bad. <laughs> really bad so go ahead and fuse them different opinions on fusing the negative side i fuse both one of those better safe than sorry kind of things so we've got the power in there we, we got the power hooked up to the cables you get your radios uh in there and we'll get to that the last thing we'll do i think in this series is actually put the radio in the vehicle but uh you should be good to go as far as uh, power is concerned. 
if you consider some of the things that we discussed, go out there and look at the wire gauges. And, uh, you know, this goes back to us having a plan. What are we going to do? I went ahead and built mine where I can do everything I might do, even though the majority of the time, the only thing in the truck is the dual band radio. That will take us to the next step, which is the antenna. We're going to have to figure out what we want to do as far as uh, working these radios. And that will tell us what types of antennas we need. You know, oh yeah, one more thing before we go. I've told y'all not to use solid core wire. Don't use solid conductors. Use the stranded wire. However, one of the things you have to look at in that case is something called the capillary effect. The capillary effect, in a simple explanation, is that because of the design of stranded wires, they have the tendency that if one of the ends becomes wet, if there's enough water on one of the ends, that water will migrate up the wire. It will cause corrosion. It can cause the wire to become more brittle and that kind of stuff. And it, it will act as a resistance in your power leads. So you want to try and do as much as possible as far as uh, sealing the end of that wire best you can. That's one of the reasons I soldered mine instead of just crimping it. No other things you can do is wrap them with uh, electrical tape, get some of that self-vulcanizing rubber uh, sealer. Um, there's lots of ways you can seal it off. It's not going to affect the putting a sealer on there is not going to affect the electric electrical flow, but it may in the long run save you problems. Another thing you'll need to watch out for is dry rod in the insulation in your in your wires, because believe it or not, uh, the things that we put in our engine tend to uh, dry out plastics, motor oil, brake fluids really bad and that kind of stuff. So uh, regular inspections of that power lead would probably be helpful also after you get it installed. So we don't want to get too far into this because we're doing the basic thing. We may come back and hit some hit some points on this later on, but I hope this will at least help you get started as far as running the power into your passenger compartment where your radios are going to be. This is another situation, like I said, you need to plan for what you're going to do. And by planning for what you're going to do, you'll be better equipped to uh, get this ins these installations done. Ain't, ain't nothing a bigger pain in the butt than installing a radio and then having to go back three or four months later and install another complete setup so you can put a second radio in there even though multiple power wires is another way to get around that uh, bigger diameter uh, power lead situation. All these cables that we've talked about are available at your regular suppliers. I have a place where I get mine, and uh, it's finally gotten to the point that I can get red and black zip cord and 12-gauge. 
So y'all go check that out also. Okay. I think we pretty much, uh, wore this one out. It's going to be kind of a short episode because we, uh, didn't do the feedback. We've got so much. I just, uh, didn't want to put y'all to sleep. So that we'll go ahead and move on, uh, move on next segment. Y'all, uh, y'all listen and tap your feet a little bit.
okay, there you have it. We, uh, we end the part two of that. Uh, y'all make sure you join us uh, for the next episode, which will be a feedback episode where we get to talk about not only some of the stuff we've talked about here on the show, but uh, responses to some of the uh, stuff being posted over to the website. I really hope to uh, hope to see all of y'all on that next episode. So let's. Uh, Run through it real quick. We'll make sure that uh, uh, y'all go over to the website and check out uh, the donation can, Amazon, uh, GoDaddy. Read some of the articles. We hope to have another video out this month. We're uh, preparing for that as we speak. Uh, Not sure what it's going to be on, but sure we will find something uh, of interest for you okay so uh the video uh y'all check out the website that's at rfpodcast.info rfpodcast.info and for those of you who may be your first time over there yes the gal on the logo is wearing a Heil headset so it makes it fair game if you want to contact me directly Go ahead and shoot an email off to kb5jbv at gmail.com. kb5jbv at gmail.com. You can also uh, make comments on the website, which also get put into our feedback section when we do an episode. So uh, you can go on over to rfpodcast.info and check that out. So next time around, probably be an all-feedback episode. I still have two or three of the old mobile episodes that I haven't released yet because, quite honestly, uh, y'all might not want to hear them. However, I'm going to go back and listen to them and see if that's something that could possibly interest y'all. And if that's the case, we'll go ahead and get them into the feed one way or another. So, y'all go on out. It's that time of year. Spring is here. Go on out. Enjoy your amateur radio. We've got lots of things happening around here in the next few months. Hamcom, the joint ham radio in the park, which will be a multi-club kind of thing. Ham fest all over the state. Oh, yes, and one more thing. For those that were expecting to see me at Belden, I'm sorry. I just could not make it down there this year. Uh, We will try again either in the fall or next spring, but we will get out there. Uh, I like to get down there. There's a lot of good folks down there around Belt. So with that, we're going to go ahead and head on down the road. Y'all uh, y'all uh, keep up the good work. Let me know how things are going for y'all. Uh, let me know what y'all think about uh, this episode, previous episodes, or stuff that may be over at the website. And with that, uh, y'all uh, 7-3, and we will see y'all next time. Gotta go.